We are Anthem Church. Thanks for checking out our podcast. For all the info you need, visit anthemforall.org and follow at Anthem Church Chicago. do the formal part just so that we can carry on where God has taken us with that. Um, But I'd love to just um, honor the the leaders of this church, the elders and their wives that lead here. It's an incredible privilege uh, just to be here this morning. Uh, The church that I come from in Port Elizabeth is called the Storehouse. They send greetings this morning. Uh, We've got people praying for you back at home. And so um, it's really just wonderful to partner with you across the globe. And uh, so it really has been an incredible privilege. Thank you for your incredible hospitality. And uh, I've been staying, just physical hospitality, I've been staying at Hotel Phillips. It's, I, can, I can recommend it. It's really good. And so if you want to check in there, I'm sure Sheetal will take a booking. And, uh, no. and uh, just the generosity and the warmth just of every meal I've had, every cup of coffee I've had. It's been incredible. So it just is such a joy. It really does feel like I'm at home. Hello. Um, It's just wonderful to be here amongst people that I just feel so at home with. And uh, it's a wonderful uh, sense of family amongst you. And so I want to just pick up a little bit. I sort of jumped the gun this morning. I couldn't help myself. Um, And I just had such a sense. I just walked, walking around this morning, just seeing little pregnant bellies and pregnant tummies and babies. And I just thought, man, there's something so prophetic upon that. And as I said on Friday, a lady, a couple in your, um, I'm sure the dad had something to do with it. Um, (laughs) um, He's going to, John and Cassandra, had a little baby. And the baby's name was Judah Emmanuel. And I just felt like that it was so prophetic because God had given me this picture of the lion over you. Um, And it speaks Judah, the lion of the tribe of Judah, um, who is Jesus that roars over us. And I felt like him saying, victory, God is with you. God is with you, and you are going to see victory in this season. And I felt that scripture from Revelation 5, verse 5, and uh, I felt this phrase for you, that you are positioned for victory. You are positioned for victory, and God is positioning you for victory. In Revelation 5, verse 5, it says, But one of the 24 elders said to me, Stop weeping. Look, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the heir to David's throne, has won the victory. He is worthy to open the scroll and its seven seals. In different versions, it says he has triumphed, he has conquered, he has overcome, he has won. And I just felt for you as a church that you are going into this incredible season. And when a baby, um, I'm a midwife by profession, um, that's what I studied in the area that I worked in. And uh, when, just before a baby is born, it goes through an incredibly confined space. It's like they, those poor little dudes and dudettes just get squashed and pushed and because they've got to come through this really little tiny space to be able to come out into the big world. And I felt for a church, it might have felt like it's been a little confined and it's felt like things are pushing in both personally and corporately. It's felt like, man, things aren't always easy. It feels like a little bit constricted, a little confined. And I felt like God said, with that birthing, it's birthing you into victory. It's birthing you into that place where you feel like, wow, okay, we are out of the confined, um, narrow spaces. 
And so I felt like you are going to see victory upon victory, um, roaring over situations. It's time, it's the time of victory, victory upon victory. I want to declare that over you. I want to prophesy that over you. I want to proclaim that over you, victory upon victory, that you as a church are going to carry testimonies that when you have this testimony Sunday next year, um, even this year, there's just going to be such a, like, we, there are going to be so many testimonies of the victories of God, both in your personal lives, as well as victories that you are going to win together um, as a church. And I just felt the Lord say, but every good thing that is won doesn't always come without a fight. And so sometimes victory comes and victory is promised, but victory comes with a fight. That victory comes with sometimes taking hold of things, contending for things and saying, we, we're not going to just sit and wait, but we are actually going to walk into victory. We're going to take hold of that which God has given us, and there's a little bit of a fight involved. And uh, I felt the scripture for you in Revelation. It was very interesting to see that you've been reading in Revelation, uh, uh, Steve, and I, all, most of my scriptures are from Revelation. It says, Revelation 12, verse 11. It says, they overcome and conquered him because of the blood of the lamb and because of the word of their testimony. And for they did not love their life and renounce their faith, even when faced with death. And I felt like the Lord said that he's giving you a strategy for the fight of how to win. And um, without bragging, uh, just a little bit, I come from a rugby fanatical country. So we eat, live, sleep, breathe rugby, all right? So most of us have been grown up and just, I'm just throwing it out there. We just are the world champions right now. We are the, the reigning, we won the World Cup. Um, we beat uh, those English people that live up there in the cold place. And we beat those little all blacks that live down in New Zealand. And so we are just the reigning world champions, just putting it out there. No pride in my heart whatsoever. I'll repent afterwards. But a large part of us winning that World Cup was that there was a strategy that they played swords that took the enemy by surprise. It wasn't the strategy that the other team thought we were going to play. The coach switched it on the last minute. And so the enemy was taken a little, if I'm understanding my rugby correctly, correct me if I'm wrong. But he went with a different tactic. And I feel like the Lord said, the victory is yours. It's sealed. But there's a strategy that he's going to give you that will secure that victory. He's like saying the victory is yours and you just need to, in a sense, follow the strategy to see the victory secured, both in your personal lives as well as the life of the church. And I felt it came from this uh, Revelation 12 verse 11. And I felt like it says they overcame, there was victory, there was triumph, and they won by the word of their testimony. And the word of your testimony is not just always, it can be your salvation story, how you came to the Lord. It can be um, something that God has done, but it's also all that God has done. And I felt like you are going to be a church where the truth rings out from. There's going to be a testimony that rings out. And the Lord says, do not give up sharing the, your faith. Do not give up sharing what it is that God has done, what God is doing, and what God is going to do. It's going to be a strategy that is going to unlock victories for you. And I felt like everything that you do is going to be with the focus of sharing the gospel story, sharing your faith with others to see those babies, those newborns come in. 
that whatever you're doing, I just feel like there's such a strategy of the, of the Lord right now upon you to say there are babies out there that need to be brought in. There are babies that need to be birthed into the kingdom. And so whether you are doing kids ministry, whether you are doing worship, whether you're preaching the word, whether you're out in the marketplace, it's with the emphasis of we are going to overcome and we are going to see victory because of the testimony that's upon our lips, the testimony of God's goodness, the testimony of God's faithfulness, the testimony of, and I feel like even as you as a church, as you pray, and we're going to get to that, that you would declare the Word of God, the Word of God, the Word of God going out in prayer, the Word of God going out in proclamation to seal the victory that is already yours. So they overcame by the Word of their testimony, what Jesus has done, what He is doing, and what He will do, proclaim His promises. There's a strong arm of evangelism that God has wanted to strengthen in the life of the church. The second thing is that they overcome by, overcame by the blood of the Lamb. And I felt like the Lord say, it is time to exercise the gifts of power and the gifts of the Spirit. And I feel like there's an emphasis, him saying, there is, a, there is a strategy, there is a weapon that as you do it, as you use it, as you wield that sword, it's going to take off the head of the enemy and you are going to see victories upon victories. I feel like a lot of victories, um, I feel like there's going to be some significant healings that are going to take place um, amongst you and in the church and people you pray for outside the church, and exercising the gifts that God has given you, the spiritual gifts, is going to secure victory for you. So become, become uh, dogged in going after what it is that Jesus' blood paid for. I love it. I, I've heard this phrase before. It says, I will not settle for anything less than Jesus paid for. And so when I face anything, when I come into someone's life, in our church life, in our communities, in our home group life, in our family life, in our business life, we go, what did Jesus pay for? What did he win? He won healing. He won wholeness. He won salvation. He won freedom. He won breakthrough. And therefore, I will go after that because he paid for it. So they overcame by the word of their testimony, by the blood of the lamb. And then it says that they, um, I love this. It says, for they did not love their life and renounce their faith, even faith to win death. And I felt there was something of a perseverance as a church, where you are going to persevere, where it says they did not renounce their faith. And sometimes it's going to be hard because you're not always seeing the immediate victory. You're not always seeing the immediate breakthrough. But I felt like the Lord say, do not renounce your faith in terms of saying, I will stick to what the Word of God says. I will hold true to what He has said. And I felt like for you as a church, that looked like committing yourselves in an incredible way to pray. I just felt like the Lord say, if you as a church will commit to praying, if you will commit to, to sharing my word, to standing on my word, to declaring my word, to praying my word, to proclaiming my word, to, to call on the name of the Lord, that you will see victory upon victory upon victory. And so as you share the word of your testimony, as you go after for what Jesus' blood paid for, the blood of the lamb, and as you give yourself, you do not renounce your faith, but you say, we are going to go after in prayer what it is that Jesus has promised, that you will see victory upon victory, and the line of the tribe of Judah will roar over situations, and you will birth the promises of God. That is what I felt for you um, as a church. And uh, I just, some extra little add-ons that I felt to that. I felt like areas of victory and territories that you would take is get ready for numerical growth. And I felt like I know that you are, there is movement to another venue. And uh, I just felt like the Lord say, you need to go with max amount of chairs straight away. 
because there's numerical growth, and he says you don't need to wait for your new venue, that you are going to see signs of numerical growth even in this place before you move, because God will say, I am the God that adds. I am the God that is the one of breakthrough, and I will take the glory for what it is that I'm adding to you. I, the Lord, have done it. I felt like there are specifically people with young children and young professionals that God wants to add to you. I just felt like in those two groups, particularly, that there was going to be uh, quite a lot of growth. Aidan, you're going to love this. I just felt like there were musicians of caliber that were going to be added to you. Um, And it was like you were going to almost like, I've got so many people, like I don't actually have to lead often. (laughs) And, And I just feel like there are musicians of caliber that God is adding to you. Um, I felt like God is adding to you high-caliber leaders that are going to be ro- relocating from elsewhere uh, to Chicago. And I felt like this growth is coming, this numerical growth is going to be an influx of children. Aren't you just so excited about that, Debs? The children are children's kids. You're going to have to have a lot more workers. There's going to be ki- kids and um, young professionals, musicians, are going to come in. And I felt God say, this is not so that it's like, hey, this is how many people we have, and just check our church out. No, because actually God is adding to you people to bring hands on the deck for that which is to come. Because God says, I'm adding to you because there is birth. I just see these new babies. Just I can't get away from the birthing thing. New babies being added to you and having hands on deck to be able to do and minister to those that God is going to bring in. Um, I feel like there is a, um, I felt like just with regards to a preparation for growth, um, I just felt like there is a new wave of leaders that have skillful hands and shepherd's hearts that God is wanting to bring through. People that will say, we are going to love the sheep and they're going to do it skillfully. And I just felt like there's going to be uh, quite an emphasis maybe around training um, just to bring through a new tier of leaders for those that would come in, the moms and the dads that are going to look after the babies and change the nappies. Um, I felt like the, I saw priests Priests are you and me, those of us, the everyones, the everyone that sits here, basically called bums on seats. And uh, I felt like there are priests stepping up to take ownership of that which God has given you, to actually say, this is our home, and we are going to take ownership for those that are coming into our home. And just another phrase I felt was, there was an emphasis on community and small groups. I don't know what you call your small groups here. Anthem Anatomy. So I just felt like there was an emphasis, and God says, as you go large, you are going to learn to go small. And I just felt like that was a, just a strategy for growth. God said, even though you maybe go big numerically, you're going to go small in connection and community. And so um, that's really what I felt uh, for you as a church um, and where it is that God is taking you. And I'm excited. There is something of just the roar of the lion over you, that sense of his victory. But us saying, you know what, God, we're going to partner with you to see that victory come to pass. We are going to give ourselves to, to being a testifying of who he is in every way, in every platform, in every particular way that God gives it to us, um, to be able to exercise the gifts and exercise the power that Jesus died for, for us to be able to exercise. And then I want to pick up just on that area um, around prayer that I felt for you as a church. And I felt like the Lord give that um, to me in saying, this is such a key to unlocking victory amongst you. And so, yes, it's the the word of our testimony. It's the blood of the lamb. But I felt just to unpack something, um, if you don't mind, just out of Daniel quickly. Crack your page to to Daniel 10, or you can open your iPhone. 
Um, I'm going to read this passage of Scripture, and it is a, it's a lengthy passage of Scripture, um, but I just feel something of actually you hearing the story in its totality, and then I just want to draw some things out that I felt the Lord give me. Um, it's Daniel's vision, and it says in verse, uh, chapter 10 of Daniel, verse 1, In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel. So a revelation would be equal to he gave us a word, he gave us a promise, um, its message was true, and it concerned a great war. The understanding of the message came to him in a vision. At that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine, touched my lips. There we go, Matt. There's a confirmation. You need to go vegan. And uh, <clears throat> I ate no choice food, no meat or wine, touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until three weeks were over. All the teenage boys, that is not an excuse not to shower. On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris, I looked up and there before me was a man dressed in linen with a belt of the finest gold around his waist. His body was like crystallite and his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and his voice like the sound of a multitude. I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. The men with me did not see it, but such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and hid themselves. So I was left alone, gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left, my face turned deathly pale, and I was helpless. Then I heard him speaking, and as I listened to him, I fell into a deep sleep, my face to the ground. A hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. He said, Daniel, you are highly esteemed. Consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you and stand up, for I, am now, uh, for I have now been sent to you. And when he had said this to me, I stood up trembling. Then he continued, do not be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before me, your God, your words were heard. From the first prayer, God heard his words, and I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because he was, det um, he was de detained with the king of Persia. Now I have come to explain to you what happened to your people, what will happen to your people in the future, and the visions that concerns a time yet to come. While I was saying this to me, while he was saying this to me, I bowed my face toward the ground and I was speechless. Then one who looked like a man touched my lips and I opened my mouth and began to speak. I said to the one standing before me, I'm overcome with anguish because of the vision, my Lord, and I'm helpless. How can I, your servant, talk with you, my Lord? My strength is gone and I can hardly breathe. Again, the one who looked like a man touched me and gave me strength. Do not be afraid, O man, highly esteemed, he said. Peace, be strong now, be strong. And that's a long passage of scripture, but I wanted to give us context for what I'm about to say. And God is promising you victory. You're coming into a season of birth. You are going to see the fulfillment of promises. But I felt him give me this um, that I felt to read over you. It says, we are in a war, a spiritual battle for the life and the death of humanity. There is a battle waging over souls, over marriages, over families, over our health and wholeness, over countries and continents. 
There is a real enemy seeking at every turn to devour and to destroy us, to unleash darkness and disunity, disease, divorce, and depression, droughts and drug addictions, poverty, perversion, and pain, brokenness and barrenness. Whether we acknowledge that or not, it is the reality of the seen and the unseen world. The war is real. The enemy is real. Our current reality is real. And if we live oblivious to it, we are not going to take much ground for the kingdom and our effectiveness will be limited. And those saved, we may never live truly victorious. But if we will be fully awake and fully aware of the enemy's strategy to take everyone captive and to do his will, and if we fully aware and awake to Christ's all-encompassing victory on the cross, we will gird ourselves with the spiritual weapons of war made available to us through the cross and we can take that back which was lost and stolen. There is a wake-up call going out to the body of Christ. We are in a war. Gird yourselves for battle. We are not on the defensive, but we are on the offensive. Church, the victory is ours. Jesus is not still fighting the enemy. Jesus won on the cross. He defeated the enemy in every way, over every disease, every illness, every marriage, every family. He won the war. The only war today is us taking back that which the enemy has stolen, saying, actually, we have the victory. The lion of the tribe of Judah roars over us, and therefore we can enforce the victory that was already won on the cross. And I felt for you as a church that the victory is yours, but you need to be fully aware and fully awake that you are in a battle. And that sometimes it takes a bit of a fight to see the victory come to pass. Sometimes it takes God's word and his testimonies and the blood of the lamb and saying we will enforce that which Christ has done so that we will see the victory. And so we don't sit back as passive observers and Sunday Christians going, you know what, it's all going to happen. No, actually we go after that which God has promised, those promises, those prophecies over this church, and we say we will hold on. And one of those weapons that I felt for you in this season, it's not the only one, but the one I felt highlighted for you was one of prayer. And I read the scripture of Daniel uh, to you in that fight that Daniel was in. Because Winston Churchill mentioned, you know the great Winston Churchill, the Prime Minister of England many years ago. He said, whoever maintains air cover and wins in the air wins on the ground. And so he said the army with the greatest air force would win the war on the ground. And it's exactly the same in the kingdom of God. If we can win in the air, if we can win in prayer, if we can win in the spiritual realm, if we are able to declare and take hold of that which is in the spirit, it will manifest upon the, on the earth and amongst us, in our lives, in our marriages, in our families, in our churches. Now we need to grab hold of the weapon of prayer to, to, to enforce that which is already ours, which is the victory, the lion roaring over us. In 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4, it says, the weapon of our warfare is not physical. They are not weapons of flesh and blood. Our weapons are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. And I saw this church like Daniel praying the promises of God, praying the victories of God into being, saying, God, you've promised it. It's already been won on the cross. And as we pray it, we release it upon the earth because it's already been won in the air. So we just release it upon the earth. And I just felt the Lord say that that victory is yours. It's time to enforce it.
And I saw this church praying in creative ways, in small settings, in big settings, in buildings, on streets, wherever you would find yourself enforcing the victory that is yours, that has been promised. I want to encourage you to take out, I'm sure the, the leaders do this regularly, but find the prophetic words over your life, find the prophetic promises over this church and say, God, we are going to pray it into being. We are going to take that which you have promised and we are going to release it so that we see the victory because there is a promise, there is a, there is a prophetic in a sense, announcement going out that victories are being birthed, victories are being birthed, victories are coming to pass. The weapon is prayer, our enemy is Satan, and our victory is freedom. You see, Daniel had a revelation. He had the word, he had the promise. God spoke to him, and it terrified him. Can I say, I'm sure a lot of what you're going after as a church right now terrifies some of you. Maybe what God's asking you to do in this church terrifies you. You're going, okay, God, I've heard you, but I'm not too sure about that. It's going to actually take me stepping out. Actually, God is calling you to get a passport because he's wanting you to go out of the borders of this country. Maybe he's saying, you know what? There are children that need, that are coming in that need some teachers. Maybe there are some, there are, there's places that you need to fill to be able to bring worship and glory to God. Maybe he's saying, you know what? I need you to start a home, a group in your home. I need you to open your home. And you're going, I'm terrified of that. I can't cook to save my life. You don't have to. You have Whole Foods. <laughs> Be grateful. <laughs> and you have Trader Joe's, just to top it off. And there are things that God, and Daniel had that revelation and it terrified him. But the angel came and he gave the vision to Daniel. And you know what? Daniel was affected by that vision. He was so affected that it made him not eat meat. I mean, you must be really affected not to eat meat. To say just voluntarily, I'm not going to eat meat. He was affected. It says he wept. He, he put his food aside. And it says, what did it, it's, I'm affected him that it drove him to pray. It drove him to say, God, I'm going to cry out to you. I'm so affected by this vision. And in our day, our vision would be of people going to hell, of marriages broken, of children addicted to drugs, of, of people dying, um, of, of, of nations that are, that are following anything other than God's ways. Those are the visions that should fill our minds and move us to say, I need to pray. We want to see as a church, we want to. He had a revelation. He heeded the call. It affected him. He did something about it. Are we affected and are we prepared to do something about it? It says he, pray, he prayed and he fasted. He wrestled and he wrestled and fought on behalf of others. I've had to look at my own life and say, oh, most of, is most of my wrestling and struggling just about me? <laughs> I'm basically just always wrestling and struggling around my issues and my things. <laughs> God's saying, you know what? Just take your eyes off and lift them. And be affected by that which is happening around you. And so when we pray, and when there's a fast called, when we get together and we say, we're praying on Wednesday evening for our neighborhood, for our suburb, for the lost, for we're praying for those that are ill, we're praying for those that are, that are oppressed. We don't go, oh, you know what? Grey's Anatomy's on tonight. <laughs> I might just stay at home. You know, I've got to do my hair. <laughs> No, we actually say, I'm, I've been so moved, I've been so affected, I've been so caught by that which is on God's heart and that the devastation that is facing the world that I will inconvenience myself like Daniel. 
and say, actually, I'm going to go out in the cold. I'm going to go out when I'm tired. I'm going to go out and do whatever I need to do. We're going to go and witness to people. We're going to go love on people. We're going to go hand out food. We're going to do whatever. And trust me, in a Chicago winter, I'd probably be with you and say, no, I'll look after the children indoors. We need it. No, actually, I'm going to get out there because I'm so affected and I'm so moved. And when we, we, when we rally to pray and we say we're praying in our homes and we're praying in our small groups and we're praying together as a church, we say, I'm with you because I'm affected by that which happens. The thing I loved um, about this, and I'm definitely not going to open a can of worms about angels this morning, whatever your theology is on an, angels and angelic beings, but what I want to say is that David's prayer released angelic forces in heaven. Do we, do we realize the effect and the power that our prayers carry? What actually happens when a prayer goes forth? When I start praying for the people, what's the area that your building's named? Albany Park? When I start praying for Albany Park, when I start praying for lost people, when I start praying for those people that live in Albany Park, that God is destined to be a part of Anthem, do you know that as my word leaves my mouth, number one, God hears it, and number two, He releases angelic forces, He releases the power of heaven to bring to pass that which I'm praying. And we go, oh, I don't want to pray. I'm not sure if my prayers really, I don't want to hit the ceiling. <laughs> Now, actually, I have faith that when I pray, angelic forces are released to go and minister to people. Just in case you're having a little theology about the wobble about angels, Hebrews 1 verse 14, it says, Are not all the angels ministering spirits sent by God to serve those who will inherit salvation? Angels are sent by God to minister, to help us in what it is that God has called us to. Prayers mobilize the angelic. We don't command them, God sends them. Daniel's prayer unleashes power from heaven. There's an angelic fight against the prince of the air, the prevailing spirit over your city, over your neighborhoods. And what I love is it said that Daniel, from the first day, from your first prayer for Chicago, for your first prayer from, for the building, for your first prayer for families, for your first prayer for someone, a friend to get saved, I heard you. That prayer reached my ears. And we pray with that faith, knowing that God's prayers, God hears our prayers. He said, from that first day. And can I say that in praying, it says Daniel was weak. He, was, he, had, he said, I'm not strong. I, I just, I can't get up. And it says the Spirit strengthened him. And he was able to get up. You know what? We're going to have to learn some muscle in persevering in prayer until we see the victory realized. It's very quiet in here. <laughs> I'm so excited to see the promises of God, to hear testimonies of victory upon victory upon victory come from this church. It is time. There is a birthing happening amongst you. It's a season of new babies, new ministries, new initiatives happening amongst you. New breakthroughs, healings, wholeness, freedom that's going to come. And he says they overcame, they won, they won the victory by the word of their testimony, speaking it out, praying it out, by enforcing that which is won upon the cross through exercising the gifts. And they didn't love their own lives. See, sometimes we just love our lives too much. It's too hard, this battle that we're in. 
But we are in a battle. And we need to rally together. I said yesterday to the ladies, you are quite welcome to go out onto the battlefield on your own with your gun. <laughs> I just guarantee that you'll be taken out. <laughs> That's why you fight in armies. And I felt God said, the victory is yours, but it's going to come with a fight. And I feel like this for you, even as a church, that as you go into your new facility, that God says, I am the, I'm the one that owns a cattle on a thousand hills. And he says, don't set your expectations too low. I'm not the God of just enough. I'm the God of more than enough. And I feel like you need to set your budget according to vision and not your budget according to like, here we go. But I feel like God says, I'm behind what I've called. So do you want to stand with me this morning? Father, I just thank you this morning. I thank you for this church. I thank you that this church is a lampstand in this city and in this community. Father, I thank you that that before this church was born, before this church was birthed, before Stephen Debs were around, before anyone was around, it was in your heart. You had a plan and a purpose for this church. And Father, I thank you that there have been prophecies, that there have been promises, that there are things that this church has gone after for years and years. And sometimes you're just going, God, man, when when are we going to see this? And this morning, Father, I want to, with humility in my heart and submission to the team here, I want to declare a season of birthing of victories, a season of birthries. The the baby's name is Judah. The baby's name is victory. The baby's name is Judah. The baby's name is victory. And Father, I pray that that baby would grow, it would thrive, and that it would grow into everything. And we would see, God, that which you have called and planned and purposed for this church. And Father, I pray this morning that as everybody stands and they are part of this family, whether they've been here for a day or they've been here for a decade, Father, I pray that there would be something within our hearts that would rise up to say, God, we are going to give our testimony. We are going to speak the Word of God. We are going to share the gospel. We are going to do everything to see new babies come into the kingdom. That whatever we do, whatever we give our hand to, it's to see the kingdom come and to see the gospel advanced in people's lives, in families' lives and in the city's life and in nations, Father. The gospel is upon our lips. The gospel is upon our lips. The truth is upon our lips. And Father, I pray that we would gird the swords of power that you have given us, that the blood of the Lamb, by the blood of the Lamb, by the blood of the Lamb, that has won for us healing and wholeness and freedom. Jesus, I pray that that would be would be released in and through this church, that we would pick up the swords, we would pick up the weapons that God has given us, and we would wield them with great power, that we would be fully awake, we would be fully awake, we would be fully alive to the fact of what you've done and what you can do, what you've won and what we can appropriate in Jesus' name. And then, Father, I pray for an anointing and a special grace upon this church to rise up in prayer like never before, to say, God, we are not going to let go. We realize that some things come with a fight. And you have promised us victory. You have won the victory. And we are just going to enforce the victory through prayer. We have, we're going to win it in the air so that it can be ex- executed on the earth in Jesus' name. And 
Father, I thank you for the inheritance over this church. I thank you, Father, that this church is not just called to Chicago. But Father, I thank you for the doors that you are opening into Europe in greater and greater measures. Then I feel like God says, get ready, church, because it's not just for the ones or the twos to go. But God says your, your inheritance is the nations. And Father, I thank you that this church is going to go. And I thank you, Father, even to through the door of Stephen Debbie, that you are going to open greater doors into Europe in Jesus' name. And something of that fathering that I spoke over and mothering over you and Debs yesterday. Father, I just pray that there would be grace for that. I pray that there would be grace for that. I thank you for the teams that are going to go from this church, the teams that are going to resource teams to go into the nations in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, even for South America, there's something happening in South America. And Father God, I pray that, that, that this church would walk through doors into different parts of South America. In Jesus' name. There are going to be teams that go in from a spiritual capacity. There are going to be teams that go in from a practical capacity to be able to bless the nations. And Father, today we say we take hold of the victory. We take hold of the inheritance. We take hold of the promise that you have won for us in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We say yes and amen. We say yes and amen. Thanks again for listening. To stay up to date, follow at Anthem Church Chicago and visit us anthemforall.org. Anthem Church, all of Jesus for everyone.